Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Am I excited to be back? Yes. But this week is also a little more exciting because I'm doing a very different kind of episode. I'm joined with a very cool, special person. I'm here with Rachel Varkey today from the It's Fine podcast. And we wanted to sit down and answer your guys' questions about everything from career to money to relationships to um, hot takes, all of the above, and kind of just share perspectives on how my perspective on some of these things as like a 20-something-year-old is so much more different than Rachel's in her phase of life. As I am so excited to have Rachel here with me today and to dive into your guys' questions. But hi, Rachel, and thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to be here, Isha. Um, just so you know, we just did a recording for my podcast. So if you're interested in hearing Isha's hot takes on questions, you should definitely come check it out. Yep, that's definitely part one. And we're releasing that around the same time. So that will be up and running as well. But so excited to hop into these questions. And I know we got a bunch from the people in the audience. So there's a few categories that we need to go through. And I thought the first one to start off with is just start off really spicy, like start out with the hot takes, right? Let's start with relationships. I think a lot of the questions that I got were about figuring out relationships and sure, like setting boundaries and the boring stuff that we hear all the time. But this one question I got stood out to me and I wanted to ask you because I know that you're married and I know that you're in a very different phase of life and you have your experiences. So with your spouse and just in life, how can you know when he's the one? <laughs> I don't think you can know he's the one. <laughs> I genuinely don't think that. And I think that, sorry to... Um, you know, burst any bubbles for anyone, right? At the end of the day, I think it's so important for women to identify their values. And this is true for dating relationships and the life that you want to live. When I met my spouse, I knew that I wanted to live a big life, an authentic life. I didn't want to be afraid to be myself. And I wanted to share my story and my experiences as openly as possible. Not every man can do that. Not every man is comfortable with a woman having a public platform. Not every man is okay with sometimes being in the in the backlight, right? And I think that that is something that, well, I didn't know that, that I was like identifying those values for myself at the time. Those were like really important values to me that informed how I would know who was the one, right? And in my experience and, and, and watching other folks who have, you know, met their one, gotten married, done all of that, right? I actually do think that there is an element of when it works and it meshes, like there isn't like a cat and mouse. There isn't like a game, right? Like you're not like wondering what he thinks about you. You're not like, oh my God, like why did I say that or whatever? Like I think there's just like this natural flow and in my experience in a heteronormative relationship, when a person is interested in you, and I'll use a man, right? You don't have any doubts. And I think that's how you know, right? And so like, and and I think that that, I hope can give you pause. And like, you know, I know there are a lot of women who will like stretch and contort and like try to be this or that or whatever, right? Or like, does he like me? Does he not like me? But whatever, you know, I don't think that that, is the experience when you have met the one, right? I'll also caveat that by saying that I have been married for six years. And even though <laughs> I have married the one, like truly every day, I, I, I truly believe I am married my forever life partner. 
there are some days I just want to punch that man in the face. And he is not always right. He makes mistakes. I make mistakes, right? And I think that's why I bring you back to your values, right? Which is that, like, what are you willing to live with? And that changes for some people. Some people really need financial stability. I am somebody that I learned financial stability is, is not as high on the list of like, how do I stay sane? Right? Like, how do I feel comfortable in my life? Like I'm able to manage through risks, like more so than I thought. Right. But understanding like, what are your values? Not like your qualities, not like, like I want him to have brown hair, blue eyes, whatever it is. Right. Not those things. It's, what kind of life do you want to look like? And yeah. can that person I love what you said about not playing games. I think that's so important. And also asking yourself, right? Because I think we so much of the times we always put this, the fate of a relationship or friendship in someone else's hand. We never take it in our own hands and really think, but do I want this? Like you are always critical of, oh my God, this is going to make me make him love me less. But we're never critical of, is this what he's doing making me feel making me love him less or giving me the ick like is that a deal breaker for you I think it's so important and I love what you said about games I think it's so true that if someone isn't wasting your time if they know what they want and they can phase that you are in life I think that's the most important thing I will also say that with the whole the one narrative the the best thing I've realized is that you can have different the ones for different phases of your life it's not about having one the one it's about who can you find who's willing to go through different phases of life with you because you'll meet a lot of people that instantly in a moment you feel that spark and that connection and you're like this is it like I want this person to be the one but then they're not willing to grow with you and will like go through like the next phase of life with you and then that doesn't make them the one instead when you find someone who sticks it out with you doesn't play games and is willing to move through life in a choosing to be with each other every single day regardless of the quirks and things and the (laughs) wanting to punch him in the face kind (laughs) of moments that's kind of what sticks out to me as oh he's the one or they might be the one and I want to say this like there is nothing you can do to hurt a relationship with somebody who sees you that way. And if there's any like true experience in my life, like every, I might want to punch Charles in the face sometimes, but I, I like Charles. He is my Mm. friend. Like I enjoy spending time with him. And even though our, we don't think about life or things the same way, he challenges me. Right. So like, don't be afraid if like you meet somebody and like they're different than you. Like in some ways that can be a good thing. And I I have found watching different marriages, different relationships, right? Like, like sometimes those are like the best relationships where like the two people are like really compliment each other. They're yin and yang. They like are able to like look at life in different ways. Like, because like sometimes we need balance. Right. And I just want to encourage women. Like there's literally nothing you can do when like you've met that person and like, I have found in my experience that like it w- it's more me who has to like really believe like I I want to be in this, right? Because he's never made me doubt that he doesn't love me. And if you're if you're in a relationship right now where you're doubting that, they are not the one. You I I believe like 100% if you have to change, if you have to contour, if you have to be a different person, if you have to lose weight, if you have to do this, that, the third, that person is not the one. You and your complete are complete, and there is nothing you can do to to remove a person yeah. like that. And like the one, like from you mentioned, being different is okay. Having those different, like 
opinions and quirks like that is a very normal part of a relationship which brings me into this next question that i think kind of links to the first question but was very interesting and this person sent in a little spiel with their question so i'll read out what she said but she said i tend to be very critical of people sometimes because my biggest fear is that i'll end up with someone or in a relationship where i could potentially look past someone's red flags relatable i love my boyfriend and i don't want to constantly for things that aren't a big deal or red flags for no reason how do you know what quirks to look past in a relationship and which to be concerned about to me the only red flags that should exist are the ones that make you feel less of yourself or less of who you are or that you are not worthy um or that yeah. you don't deserve whatever it is that you have in that relationship mm-hmm. or in your life right that to me is the only like that is the biggest red flag everything else like you know we all have preferences and like you're allowed to have your preferences right so like if you don't want a guy who i don't know like doesn't flush the toilet like a dumb thing right like that's fair totally do that right but like does flushing the toilet reflect on like his identity like you know what i mean like or your identity or like at the core of like all of it right quirk or not there is love there is trust there is respect and and there is communication right and so I think that like the ick and the red flags, like this is my, my hot take. I think that there is a lot of this, like as, like, even as you get older, right? Like I, like I know women in their thirties are like, people always are looking for red flags, right? You will find a red flag if you're looking for a red flag. Okay. What I encourage you to do is do you trust this person? Like, do you trust that if you were to raise your concerns about whatever the hell it might be, that they would hear you and that they would take action? And that's the most important thing. And I think another thing that I think about a lot when quirks do come up or things come up and I'm like, is this a red flag? Is this not a red flag? Am I overthinking? Am I not? Is if I'm in a situation, my question to myself will be, do I want to work through this with them? Like, am I okay working this out with someone else too? And like 100% of the time, your answer should be, regardless of the problem, regardless of how big it is, I want to fix it with you. I don't care about trying to find someone else who could be more like me so then we can make this problem. Because at the end of the day, even having differences, like you said, is not a bad thing. It comes down to communication and how you, you know, figure out how to navigate those things. At the same time, though, I think another way to avoid knowing, because I know this person said that, like they don't want to be in a position where they keep looking past someone's red flags. Um, I think the number one way to know if you have rose-colored glasses on is, are you hiding things from your friends? Like if you feel like you're not telling your friends things or if you're avoiding telling them what your partner is doing, chances are you're probably not telling them because you're, you know, they're going to call you out and probably question your relationship. And if that scares you, that probably means that there's red flags that you need to be looking for. But outside of that, I agree. I think it's important to also not take it too seriously and just go with the flow of it and realize it's a whole nother person that you're intertwining your life with and to let the small things go as long as you know that you want to meet them halfway, that there's communication and you're like, I'd rather be, I'd rather choose to get through this with you than start pivoting into a different kind of relationship and also a different kind of theme that we got a lot of questions about is managing bosses and work and your career and so I had a question come in I really really truly think this is so important for our generation because there's such a different take we have on having a nine-to-five or having like a standard corporate job that I've heard my friends also talk about but 
how can I, and this person asks, they said, how do I set boundaries with my boss? I feel guilty if I don't work till 7 or 8 p.m. every night because my team is usually up and working late, but I'm very productive in the morning itself. How can I go about setting strong boundaries with my boss and when I take that time off, not feel guilty myself about taking the I time I need? I think the I first need. question I'd ask this person is, why do you feel guilty? Is someone making you feel guilty? Mm-hmm. Is someone saying something to you? Because we put a, uh, we create a lot of stories in our heads about what we think people think, how we think we're being perceived. And just last week, I was like, I had a situation at work when I was like, oh my God, that person thinks that like something's wrong with me or they don't like me, blah, 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 right? Like, did he say anything? No. Like, did someone give me feedback? No. These are just like our like stories that we tell ourselves because we all think that we are the main character of our lives, which we are, but we are really an afterthought for like, 95% 95% of people that we interact with. So just like humble yourself, humble yourself, know who you are. Is that about you? Generally speaking, right? I would say that if, if, okay, if this is truly an issue or like this is truly something that you are feeling and it needs to be addressed, express what is your working style and what works for you, right? Because the reality is, is not everybody operates the same way. Like I don't, I can't work after 5 PM. Like I genuinely, like my energy, my mental state, like what's like how I I process information. Like I work best also in the morning. And I know that I I'm very productive for like a three, four hour period. I can't go back and forth on like mindless meetings where we're just like chatting. Like I want documentation. I want like, I want to be able to do things my way. And like, there is a happy middle ground there. And if there is anything I have learned in my 10 years of working in corporate America, tech startups, et cetera, like you gotta do you, you know? And I guarantee that like, if you're able to sort of just express those things and have that conversation with a kind manager, like to be fair, there are some shitty managers out there. And like, I'm sorry if that's the situation that you're in, but like most people will understand, like if you work with your team, if you express, this is my communication style, this is my working style. This is how I'd like to work with you. Right. Nine mm-hmm. out of 10 yep, people. 100%. And I think the other thing that makes boundary setting easier is and a lot of mentors at work have told me this, is, Isha, if you can set boundaries and show that your quality of work isn't compromised, that's good. Because a lot of times, if you're starting a new job or a new project, a new manager might be a little confused or unclear on whether you're actually productive when you're not on the phone. How you're working, right? Like you said, is that doesn't come across unless you communicate about it. So in those first few weeks of a new stint if that's something like I personally work in consulting so for me that's very normal like every few months I'm changing my team I'm changing my managers establishing that my quality of work is never compromised and performing consistently for a few weeks to show them that and then maybe having those conversations is easier right so maybe if you go aggressively on the first day of the job and say hey I need this and these are the hours I will only work in and you can't they're probably going to look at you and be like what are you talking about like you have not proven your worth how can I trust you, right? But if you go a few weeks, build that trust, and then eventually, I like this is my working style again, in a way that's polite, in a way that's corporate and professional. I, I think that's more helpful almost, and I think that helps with boundary setting because you're building trust at the end of the day. And I think the other thing that matters is, which goes back to the guilty feeling, knowing your values with coming when it comes to work, and the fact that that can be different from someone else's. Like if you're working for a manager or with a peer who is 
very comfortable with working late hours, who enjoys working on the weekends and you're not, you don't need to feel guilty about that. Like that doesn't make you any less of a worker. That just means that your work values are different and they probably value their work or how much time they give to their work more than you do. Again, it's not wrong. It's just different. And so really figuring out that your work values can be different and that you're comfortable with those is important, right? Because then it becomes less about, I'm not working at 7 p.m., I'm guilty. And it's more of, oh, I'm really proud of what I've achieved from my nine to five or like whatever, my nine to six or whatever it is. And then the value that I'm getting from the things I'm doing after is even more fulfilling. Um, so I think that's a that's a mindset that kind of really helped me track and things don't at work. don't fall into the trap, especially if you're like a single non, like if you're a person without children. Mm about how oftentimes women who do not have children who are single often bear the brunt of work right are expected to work more do more whatever right then their uh, co-workers who have children and like things like that right so like also know that like in uh, ebbs and flows of your life like if you have children or whatever right like um you might not be able to give of your time and your energy the same way, but that doesn't mean that your life stage and like your energy and time don't matter. They really matter. And like, it's important establish those boundaries now before you, your life gets more complex or if things change for you, right? Because you matter and your workplace should be able Speaking to Speaking of workplace and how much kind of having that sense of setting boundaries and enjoying your work comes into play. With that dialogue, I had a statement come in and it wasn't a question. I loved that. It was just like a statement. This person wrote in and said, I don't know if I like my job. Some days I do and some days I don't. Thoughts? Question mark. <laughs> I mean, don't we, don't we all? Don't we all not like our jobs? Look. Some days we don't like our job. I look at my career and like the different stages of my career and think about what are my values in that moment in time. So right now, my value is I want to be able to have a very flexible, autonomous work schedule that allows me to have the medical and like uh, benefits to build a family, right? That allow me to grow and make as much money as possible that allows me to do meaningful work that matters to me in the field that I am interested in. And those are those are my values in this season of my life. Right. That means that I cannot be the VP of whatever right now because I don't have the energy the time or the space to do that. Right. So that would not align to my values. So when you think of this statement or this question or whatever, right? Do Does the job that you're in align to the values? Is it serving you? Is it giving you what you need in this moment, right? And I think once you understand like, okay, well, you know, yeah, there are some days I don't like this job, but you know, it's, it's allowing me to, you know, pursue the passions that I have outside of work. It's like giving me the financial freedom that I want, right? Like it helps you manage the bad days. And I think that that is something just to consider is that this evolves over time. Like the values that I have today are not the values I had when I was 26, right? Or 23, right? Like when I was 26, I was like, I want to manage teams. I want to build, you know, uh, big teams. I want to lead. I want to manage, like do all these things. That's not what my life looks like right now. And so you're also allowed to change in that way too.
Yeah. And also the idea that even if you had like your quote unquote dream job or like the best job in the world that you think is the best job in the world, even th- even that job would have its bad days. Like no matter what you do, it's going to be shitty and it's going to be good. And I think a testament to that is, and we were talking about this earlier, is being in a relationship, right? Even though you're in a relationship with the one for you, you've married him for six years now, every day is not sunshine. Like some days you want to punch him in the face. And some days, most days, you don't. But I think the question then isn't how many days of the week do I want to punch my job in the face? <laughs> it's more of are the good days more than the bad days, right? Like are you having one off day or are, are you having consistently off weeks? I think if it's consistently off weeks, then I would start considering maybe having conversations with mentors and counselors to figure out whether or not it's that that's like the right space for you to serve yourself and also learn because that's why you're at a job. Not just to make the money, but actually to learn. And then if you're not learning, then maybe it's time to move on to the next path that life has planned for you. This kind of goes into... um, this idea we were talking about of not liking what you do or liking what you do and feeling lost with, like we said, your career. Because there's a lot of people I feel like in my generation that we show up to work every day and we say we like our job or we say we don't like our job and we kind of go through the motions of life and it makes it so that it's confusing at some point to know what our interests are and whether the path that we were assigned when we decided, okay, I want to do this field for the next X number of years is even meant for us, right? So this next question that came in. is very relevant to that. And this person asked, what is the one thing you'd say to someone who's feeling lost in their current path? Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough. First of all, I just want to acknowledge that, like, it's hard to feel lost. I used to say this sometimes where I was like, I've lost. I don't know who I am. And my husband would, would like, joke with me. He's like, you're literally the last person on the earth who doesn't know who they are, right? So I just want to also give grace to this person that you might be feeling lost, but you probably know more than you think. And so I did this exercise, like, randomly. I just, like wrote down on a piece of paper, like, what do I want the next five years of my life? Like, what do I want in the next five years? What do I want in the next seven years? What do I want in the next 10 years? Right. And I, and I put everything, I put career, I put life, I put like financially what I wanted, what I wanted for my self image, my body, like all these things. Right. Because like, sometimes I think like we often like, especially when you the thing about when you grow up, right? Like you, you, you graduate from college or technical school, or maybe you just enter into the workforce, right? Um, you don't have any markers or milestones to tell you that like, you're like winning at life, right? Like, it's just like these like societal pressures of like, I, you know, I should have a house by the time I'm 25, or I should be married by 30. I should have my first kid by, you know, 35, whatever, right? Like whatever, insert age and thing that you're thinking, right? But the truth is, is that 
many of us take very wobbly, not straight and narrow paths, right? Like curvy paths to wherever we are supposed to be. And that is totally okay. That's like why life is so incredibly beautiful and miraculous and lovely is that not everybody is doing everything the same way, right? But I think like if you are feeling lost, taking some time to like actually just like ask yourself like, what do I, what do I want to my life to look like, right? In three years, five years and be as specific as possible, right? The thing about it is like, you could write this down and everything, everything could change. Nothing could ever, nothing, nothing has to look like what you're thinking. You know what I mean? And the truth is it, it just helps kind of orient you and like, ask yourself, okay, like when I did that exercise two years ago, I think I, that's like when I did it from what I remember, like two or three years ago, I remember my five-year plan was I wanted to have a baby. Right. And so that happened a little bit earlier than five years for me. Right. But what did that mean? I needed, that meant that I had to change my career a little bit. Right. It meant that I needed to start trying to have a baby. Right. I identified that I had fertility issues. So that meant that I had to then find a job that would help me pay for my fertility treatment. Right. Like there are all these things that like came out of knowing like, okay, I want to have a baby. I want to have security for our family. I wanted to have a home that like we were comfortable in and a place that like we could raise our, our now son. Right. Like, I think that these are all kind of things that like, is going to vary from person to person, right? Like your five-year plan might be like, Oh, I want to get married. Okay. If you want to get married, like, do you need to be going on more dates? Like, does it like, you know what I mean? Like, do you need to be out in the streets going on trip? You know what I mean? Like whatever, like it, it just really depends on like who you are. Like, so some women they'll want to say like, they want to be a manager. What kind of job do you need to be in? Right? Like it just depends on what you want. Right. And, and I think that that's really important to kind of orient, orient yourself around what matters to you. And then maybe it will help make it easier for you to know, like, and, and consider what the steps are to get there. Yeah, 100%. And I think in terms of just like feeling lost too, I've, I've the best thing that's worked for me, because I've been feeling this for a while now, which is very normal again, is what do I want to do the next day? Like what what like what is ne- like what does tomorrow feel like to me? And giving myself the flexibility to not force myself into habits that did work or used to work really well, right? Like giving myself the chance to say 
today I don't feel like doing this. Today I do feel like doing this. Um, today I don't want to stick to my morning routine. Today I want to like stay in bed a little bit or like wake up a little earlier than normal. And I think the biggest and most important part of like feeling lost is also acknowledging that you need to give yourself the space and allow yourself to grow, right? So you're only gonna not feel lost eventually at some point, no matter like whenever that is in life. Um, if you give yourself the chance to explore and fall and try new things, and feel again, you know, and keep going back and forth with the things you thought you like and didn't like. And I think that's something that's been working really well is truly just listening to my mind and body, right? Like if I feel lost, am I forcing myself to do something I really don't want to do? Um, am I not doing enough of what I really enjoy? Like where is that gap? And really just listening to my body is I think a good way to put it, has really helped I also would encourage you if you're feeling lost to consider a uh, career or life coaching. So I did career coaching, which ended up being life coaching because I needed life help, <laughs> um, generally speaking. So one really fantastic thing that I did through that process. So like first acknowledge that it's okay to ask for help when yep. we feel lost. Sometimes you just need somebody to like speak life into you and you have to pay them to do that. Don't be cheap about it. Like your friends can tell you what to do, but you will never listen to them. Like, let's just be honest. Like our friends know exactly what we need and they, we don't listen to them. But second, one of those really cool exercise that we did was, um, is finding your big A, like, knowing what is like the North star, the mission statement of my life. And the mission statement of my life is that I want to live authentically and I want to encourage others to live authentically. And so when I have that as like my anchor point, it allows me to know like, well, am I doing that? Like, am I in my, like, so like, what are the, like, that's why I podcast because I believe that my podcast allows me to reach people to inspire others to be authentically how do I do that in my own life? Right. Like I create a space in my home where we invite people to come in and be themselves. Right. Like you, when you have that anchor point, right. That allows you to like, to know, am I living according and in alignment to my values? No, I love that. And it's also just part of being grounded, right? I think it's very easy to get frazzled with this idea of feeling lost. And we internalize so much of it because just saying like, I'm lost and feeling directionless is very, like you feel like you're flailing almost. So having anything that really grounds you and again, reminds you of your values is so key. And I think this bleeds in really well with our last question that I wanted to ask you today that stood out one and two, I think is so much like a part of growing up and trying new things. And again, like finding yourself. And the question was, what if I don't like the things that I used to like anymore?
I think you have to be okay with evolving and changing. I don't know why this is so hard for because and because like I personally have experienced this and I don't know why like that's not like more like mainstream to be honest is that who you were there will be integral and anchor points of who you are that carry you throughout your life like those are things like we all are born with those like kind of innate passions and interests or you know north stars right but then what matters to us and how those are implemented in our lives can evolve and change all the time, right? Like we can care about something 10 years ago that we don't care about now or like the relationships around us can like change and evolve too, right? And then those make us feel differently about things. Like a good example of this for me is like I am kind of challenging like my faith right now. Like, you know, I grew up in a Christian home and, you know, have always believed in God and, and all these things, but um, as I become more aware and more like, you know, knowledgeable about like, you know, the history and like the patriarchal influences in my faith and things like that, right. It's making me challenge so much about my faith. Do, is that still like an integral part of who I am? A hundred percent. The way that I express it, the way that I, um, like operate in it, like how important it is and like the, like the traditions and like the practices and whatever, that's all changing, you know? And like, I think that we just have to give ourselves grace to evolve and change. Right. And I think the reason we don't is because we feel like other people give a shit about how we appear to them. A reminder, you are, you are the main character of your life, but you are a side, side, side character in most people's lives, you know? And like, as a public person, I used to carry so much weight around evolving and changing. And especially because I didn't want other people to see me as like different than what I said I was, you know? And like, the truth is like, that's just like me being incredibly human and incredibly normal. Right. So like, just be okay with it and give yourself grace and like to not even know like who this you're evolving into, you know? Yeah. And I think a huge part of also why we put pressure on ourselves is, again, we look outside and we think everyone else has this figure out, right? You see all these social media stars or actors and you look at them and think, okay, well, they had this yeah. one love for something that they love. For example, acting or, or like dancing or singing or whatever that is. And they seem to have stuck it out, you know, but you, you don't know what be, goes on behind right? the scenes so of like, someone Isha else's life. And you also, said, you know, you're, you're a dancer, um, like you're probably a graceful and still you dancer. Don't like things I am not a dancer. I have never been a dancer, right? But in the last like year, I have found dance to be a really interesting way for me to exercise because what I like about it is that while I do not look graceful in any way, right? I love the mind and body connection, like learning but I am allowed in the space of life to also acknowledge like that dancing I want to make more like space such for other cool things thing and that maybe you will just return to that part of your identity my body. when you're a little and more so like, 
Settled, you know, people from my past will be like, oh, journey. my God, Rachel's dancing. Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, like, you know, like teasing you. And I think like when you grow up Indian too, like we're like we're like such a funny mm-hmm. cultural identity where we love to like poke and tease people for being different or like doing things that are outside of what we put them in a box to do. Right. Like the truth is, is that like you should go and pursue that thing anyway. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter and like if there's anything i could encourage you to do is 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 just believe that like you can go and do whatever it is that you're interested in and you try it for a year and you hate it it's cool man like try something else do something else like we're all allowed to evolve change and and pursue our interests in the moment Absolutely. I just, it's, if there's any way that I can encourage folks is just be proud of who you are. And like, I hope that this episode like inspires you to like be that person, like be, just be yourself, be authentic. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like that's such a good and high note and positive and motivating note to end this episode on. But Thank you so much, first of all, to everyone listening in who sent in their questions and took the time to do so. Thank you, Rachel, for giving us your wisdom. It helped me definitely because I feel like I overthink and I get in my head, as most of us do. And hearing it from someone else's perspective um, is always really helpful. So thank you for being here and for for sharing your thoughts with us today.